This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Stop Mississippi. I'm your host, Rochelle McAdoo, along with my friend, co-host, and traveling partner, Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. Now, today is a great day. It's all about music film in Mississippi. And speaking of music, that was Chris Stone, Kingfish Ingram with Outside of This Town. And we're going to talk to him about his experiences outside of his hometown and how he's been doing on the road through the pandemic, how he's uh, working on new projects and just catch up with him. It's been about two years since we've talked to him Mm. and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's been up to and how he's, you know, dealing with all this new experiences being the king prodigy prince of Clarksdale. He is undisputed. And speaking of Clarksdale, of course, we have the 11th annual Film and Music Fest with, of course, Roger Stowe. I can't wait to talk to him. Man, that guy right there is amazing. He is. And always keeping Clarksdale and uh, the Delta on the map. Yeah, yeah. He's one of uh, a few greats in that city that really, really keep that city pumping. But he is definitely one of the main components. I can't wait to talk to him as well. Now, before we start this wonderful road trip today, of course, I have to check in with my good friend, Kamel King. Hey, hey. How has your week been? Oh, busy, busy, busy. As I tell a friend, I'm outside. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of busy, of course, every week we got to catch up with you. Tell us what's going on with visit. Mississippi and in Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Just lots of planning, lots of doing, planning on, you know, World Music Tourism Conference. We had a couple of Zoom calls about that and a Natchez Trace compact meeting, keeping the cities that surround and are outside and border the Natchez Trace from Mississippi all the way up through Tennessee. Uh, You know, having a call about all of us coalescing together every every other month we talk so that, you know, the cities always know what's going on and we share information. So it's just a, uh, you know, it's a big family. So we just are always stroking the coals to keep the family healthy. And why is that important for those bordering states to... Um, have a conversation, keep that communication open with Mississippi. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we all have something to offer. And even though we are separate states, we're not in necessarily direct competition with each other all the time. We share a lot of resources, a lot of history, a lot of people, a lot of artists, a lot of, you know, culture. And so why not scratch each other's back and share, you know, uh, what we are doing so that we can, you know, there's there's no, we don't try to keep people right in Mississippi. After right. you leave here, go there, but then come back, you right. know, so. And grow together. Exactly. I love it. I love it. So are you excited about this new year in 2021 and music and film and what the possibilities are? Absolutely. I mean, just this whole aura of what is going on in our country and our world is, uh, you know, unmistakably feeding the creatives and and it's it's uh, kind of it's kind of crazy to watch what is coming out of it from music, from film, from all of these different platforms. It is is birthing some really magnanimous things. It feels like a new day, you know, mm-hmm. um, not just because the inauguration was um, on Wednesday, but that was a great day, especially for women, you know, to see the oh, first yes, yes. Um, female vice president in the history of America. And I didn't want to slide over that day without just taking a moment yeah. and soaking that day in Yes, and thinking about the history of women in America. Yes. Black, white, brown, every race, yeah. every culture. 
and how hard we fought mm-hmm. to be seen equal for to vote and just equal pay. And we're still fighting for a lot of things t- today That's right. uh, as women and to have the first female vice president and living in this history. We're I, I was telling Java and, and you we're living in a lot of historic moments, mm-hmm. pandemics, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of negative, but a lot of positive historic yeah. moments as well. And we should never forget this moment. Yeah. We can say we were here. We saw it. We witnessed it. That's right. You know, we That's didn't right. read it in a book. We actually were here and yeah. lived it. I, yeah. I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about our first guest and about some things that are happening this weekend. Um, you know, I, I was looking out, looking for events and things like that. And I noticed a lot of events are going virtual. What are you hearing from Mississippi about the virtual events uh, or events that weren't virtual going virtual? Are people taking to them or... What? They are. They are. I mean, even, uh, you know, when we talked to Roger, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Juke Joint Festival was a festival that, you know, went uh, virtual yeah. and visit Mississippi. Talk about yeah. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we sponsored, uh, of course, because we backed them up and support them. And they had I, I'll let him run down the statistics. But the numbers were amazing. Mm-hmm. The amount of states and countries that tuned in was amazing. So people have adapted their attention to what is going on and they still want to share in it. And I, and we love the you know festivals and events and organizations that trudge through the mud and say, we're going to keep it going because, you know, sometimes killing a year or two can kill a whole movement. True. And, you know, you just said something, countries and, and, and different cities, states all over the place. When you go virtual, you reach a different audience. Yeah. They don't have to get in the car and drive. They can You can reach more people because they can stay in their country, in right. their state, right. and they can actually still enjoy the event. That's right. So sometimes going virtual... Is a plus. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, we'll talk to Roger about their pandemic edition of the Clarksdale Film for sure, and Music for sure. Fest. Now, speaking of virtual, um, the Biloxi Little Theater, I mean, and theaters really had to change what they were doing, of course, yeah. inside a theater's close. And that's the, to me, the magic of theater. Yeah. You're on stage yeah. and you're performing in front of that live audience. Right. Um, but the pandemic changed that and they did not fold. I like what you said. They kept going and figured out a new way to mm-hmm. do things. So Biloxi Little Theater is presenting You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Now, streaming, um, the streaming event is starting Friday, January 29th through Sunday, the 31st mm-hmm. from eight, uh, 8 o'clock and 2 o'clock. Two o'clock on Sundays. Now you can go to our website and click on the link to get more information on how you can register and watch this great play. Your good man, Charlie Brown. Also, <laughs> also, uh, Family Fun Science Day. Now that's something that oh man didn't go virtual, but it's still a good event and it's fun and interactive, and the kids can have fun mm-hmm. and learn at the same time. It's happening this Saturday, that's tomorrow, from 10 to 3 at the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Now, it offers uh, nature uh, activities for the f- entire family. You can uh, meet Mississippi wildlife, see STEM demonstrations, plus more. Oh, man. Again, you can go to our website at mpbonline.org slash events for all Activities happening throughout the state. Now, again, if you like to post an event, please send it to me at events at mpbonline.org. Again, email events at mpbonline.org, and we will try to get it on the show, Or, and of course, we'll get it on the calendar. All right. Well, Camille, it's time to head to Clarksdale, Mississippi. Let's do it. One of my favorite cities in the state. Seriously. Seriously. And I hate to say, and I'm sad to say, I'm putting my head down. I have never been to Clarksdale. Shame. Shame on you. I keep saying that I have to go. And that is a great weekend trip. Roger, you whip her into shape when you get on, man. From food to activities and music, I can't wait to go. So stay tuned when we get back. Of course, it's all about film and music in Mississippi. We'll head to Clarksdale and welcome Roger Stowe, director of the 11th annual Clarksdale Film and Music Fest. Stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I can't roar like a lion, can't even sting like a bee. But sometimes I think maybe I got rabbit blood in me Cause I'm a lover, not a fighter Yes, I'm a lover, not a fighter I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with my traveling partner, Camille King of Visit Mississippi. Well, today it's all about film and music in Mississippi, particularly in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Hello. We're going to head to Clarksdale right now and welcome Roger Stowe, director of the 11th Annual Clarksdale Film and Music Fest. Good morning, Roger. Well, good morning. And uh, good morning to both of you. And, of course, uh, we invite you to come visit Clarksdale. Uh, thank <laughs> you, Roger. Can you, uh, can you be a little harsher on her? Oh, I mean, you're being God. real nice about yeah. it. <laughs> you know no, what, right. Roger, when you work as hard as me, uh, I have to steal some time, but I will make some time yeah. to come check out Clarksdale, Mississippi. Of course, I've done my research. I know about it. I can regurgitate everything about it, but I haven't... I uh, just had it's, it firsthand. It's magical. Oh, it's That's magical. Right. We'll, be, we'll be ready when you are. So thank no you, problem. thank you. Speaking of Clarksdale, welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi. It's been a minute. Of course, we've had a trying 2020. Uh, before we start talking about, the, of course, the 11th Annual Festival and what you guys plan for this year, tell our listeners who are familiar with you about what you do and the film festival and a little history behind it. Sure. Well, in a... a bigger perspective, I guess. Uh, I moved here almost, well, 19 years ago with a mission to help organize and promote the blues from within. In other words, make it something that was a regular occurrence that you could schedule and market and then just promote the heck out of it. And that goes from trying to get Clarksdale up to as many nights of live blues as possible. And we were up to 365 uh, pre-COVID and then also uh, help start and then be involved with and help promote as many festival-type events as possible to have big big weekends here that help the musicians and the artists and the businesses. And uh, we were up to about 15 festivals per year pre-COVID, and we'll be back to all of that when COVID is, you know, has passed on. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to Colleen Byers, who has helped through livefromclarksdale.org with the support of Visit Clarksdale Tourism, has helped us keep live blues alive every single day in Clarksdale, minus maybe the first two days of the pandemic. Uh, via live streaming at livefromclarksdale.org. So those are some bigger things. Obviously, I have Cathead, the blues store here in town as well. Um, but with the Clarksdale Film Festival, Film and Music Festival, excuse me, specifically, um, 11 years ago, I proposed it to our nonprofit board uh, as a way to hold a festival basically in winter. In other words, it's indoors, so we don't have to worry about the weather. It's smaller by nature than a big music festival. So even though there are fewer fewer tourists this time of year, even pre-COVID, um, you can still make it something that makes an impact on the downtown and downtown businesses, helps to employ some musicians and promote some filmmakers. And uh, when I promoted, when I uh, suggested it to our board, it was funny. Nobody knew what a film festival was. And I'm like, what? You know, like, that's crazy. You know, I came from Ohio originally, but via St. Louis and they both, you know, there's a lot of cities have great film festivals. Uh, so at any rate, we've gotten it all together and slowly grown it through time Last year was our biggest one yet, um, ever so far anyway. Uh, this year, by design, will be smaller, but hopefully smarter. And we have health and safety protocols just at the forefront for everything we're doing this uh, next weekend during the festival, the 29th and 30, uh, 30th and 31st of January. Well, Roger, you uh, touched on the fact that you are a transplant uh, into Mississippi as well as Clarksdale. And, and as I was kind of saying before, Clarksdale is a magical city. So for people uh, like Michelle and, and listeners <laughs> who have never been to Clarksdale, you know, kind of give us a little bit of what that magic is. I mean, why would you have came from a bigger place, a bigger metropolitan area and dropped in Clarksdale and fell in love with it to start doing the things that you've been doing. 
sure. So in my case, and I think a lot of people who have moved here in the past 20 years would say this, and we have a lot, actually, from around the U.S. and even the world. Uh, but what I usually tell people is the music brought me here, but the people made me want to stay. Mm. Um, Southern, Southern hospitality is a real thing here. Um, there are genuinely friendly people in Clarksdale, Mississippi, and in all of Mississippi for that matter, but I think Clarksdale, especially for me anyway. Um, also, I had never visited a place that had more characters per capita than Clarksdale <laughs> when I moved here. I mean, you know, I, that's a compliment, you know, yeah. in a good way, characters, that is a compliment. I'm um, just fascinating people, the musicians, the juke joint owners, uh, the reg- regular civilians you run into in a restaurant, um, people telling it just amazing stories. Um, I've said many times to people that, uh, you know, if you write a, an article about Clarksdale or a, a history book or something about Clarksdale that's nonfiction, you know, people will buy into it. But if you wrote the same stories as fiction, they'd be like, oh, no, that, that person couldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, like a super chicken. I mean, who can make yeah, up a, exactly. a, a man, a myth, and a legend like super chicken? <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, you met, you know, Kingfish, I'm thrilled he's on the same show that I'm on here. This is yeah. great. Uh, I, I love to open up for Kingfish whenever I can. <laughs> uh, but you think, you know, Kingfish, super chicken, you know, we used to have a Mr. Cater here. It sounds like a smorgasbord, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you kind of hungry. I'm telling you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, uh, Roger, you know, last March, we touched about on this a little bit earlier, but last March, of course, the world was turned upside down. Um, And, of course, how did you see the pandemic affect musicians especially and the film industry in your town? And how did you guys adapt? Well, it was crazy. I can tell you the last, um, you know, Blues show at Red's Lounge was March 20th, Friday, March 20th, Terry Harmonica Bean of last year. Mm. And for a guy like Red, who runs this little juke joint, that frankly, fairly makes enough money to keep doing what he wants to do, as it is, you know, suddenly to close down, and because, you know, Red's an older dude, he's got some pre-existing health conditions, you know, he just hasn't been able to have any kind of regular music, and that's just devastating. And then on top of that, you look at the other venues that had to close, um, and the musicians were suddenly not playing Juke Joint Festival, which we canceled March 23rd, that, that Monday of that, that week. Um, and suddenly 107 musicians lost their gigs, you know, uh, wow. for that week. You know, it's just huge impacts. Um, now, in Clarksdale, you know, again, we've been very fortunate to take sort of what was our Sounds Around Town plan of 365 live music and convert it into livefromclarksdale.org, which at least is one streaming show a day. Um it relies heavily on the generosity of blues fans around the world who tune in and tip through PayPal or Venmo, et cetera, for the musicians. Um, we have a little bit of a, a, a subsidizing kind of uh, honorarium payment uh, via Visit Clarksdale tourism support of that program. Um, and certainly um, in, a, in a bigger scope of things, um, you know, whether it's uh, Visit Mississippi, Visit Clarksdale, the Clarksdale Chamber of Commerce, we've gotten support through time, the Walton Family Foundation for various festivals and streaming uh, events and things. And that's been very helpful, but it, it's devastating. I mean, Super Chicken, you know, I love that man. He's gone back to driving a truck, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Harmonica Bean, you know, who's been touring the world for years yeah. now, had, yeah. to go, had to go back to working in a warehouse, you know. And, yeah. uh, they're still doing blues when they can on the side, and they are still absolutely, you know, yeah. Those musicians ready to hop in a car or hop in a plane when they can, but that's it's a real reality. It you know, is. That it's mm. very difficult for people to make money off of their art. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you? What do you see the long term effect of this pandemic on the music industry being? Do you think? Do you think it'll ever get back to its um, full glory? I do, and I actually think it will be beyond that. Now we have lost a lot of musicians in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and across different genres even, and, and that's, of course, irreparable. Um, but the one of the, probably the only benefit I can think of of the whole pandemic has been um, a concentration by musicians and industry people and venues to use the Internet uh, for live streaming or for pre-taped things to stream or for promotion. Um, so I think that will continue to an extent as we get back into something like normalcy where we can have live in-person events. Um, I also absolutely know because I get these questions every single day <laughs> you know, through Facebook Messenger and text and email and phone calls 
Um, there is a pent-up demand for live in-person music, and particularly, mm-hmm. particularly blues music and the roots music in the places they come from, like Mississippi. Mm. And, you know, I think probably by third quarter of the year, you know, the festival's in October, certainly, um, there should be some sense of normalcy with having those events. And I know a lot of spring and early summer events have, in fact, moved to that time period, um, which will be a challenge because it layers on top of all the festivals that were already there. Right. So I think initially it'll be a little bit of a chaotic uh, atmosphere with all these events trying to stage themselves at the same time and still probably having some you know, health and safety protocols that have to be followed even then. Right. But I think as we get through this year and transition into, I hate to even say it, 2022 in particular, um, I think we're going to be really strong. I know that you know, there's a lot of demand in Europe and places like Europe and Australia where we already get people from. During the pandemic, uh, through, again, live from Clarksdale, visit Clarksdale, um, various people and entities, uh, we've made some really great and lasting uh, contacts with, you know, from Brazil to South Korea that I think are going to transition into more people coming from those places than we've had in the past. Wonderful. Well, let's move forward and talk about this year's uh, Film and Music Fest, 11th annual. So talk about what people can expect this year. Sure. Well, first and foremost, you know, bring your mask and be prepared for all the social distancing, et cetera, uh, fun stuff we've been dealing with. Um, We want this to be as safe as possible. We've designed it that way. It is limited attendance. Um, We think we're not going to sell out, but there is that possibility. So I absolutely recommend that people go to ClarksdaleFilmFestival.com, check out all the details, and buy pre-sale tickets if it's for you. Uh, But basically, it is a combination, as the name says, of film and music. And the film aspect of Clarksdale Film and Music Festival, you know, the the movies have to either be Mississippi-connected in some way or in some way uh, focus on or highlight blues or roots music. And that's really where we come from, so the lineup reflects that. Uh, for the films on Saturday, for example, I mean, we have everything from a Muddy Waters documentary to a documentary about the Memphis Country Blues Festival in 1969. And then we have, you know, a Billie Holiday, a brand new documentary that is fantastic. And even a documentary called Vinyl Nation that is about uh, the resurgence of vinyl records in mm-hmm. the U.S. and the world. It's pretty fascinating. Now, we, um, we talked earlier, you said you're doing something a little bit different this year with the um, drive-in film for the family? Yes, exactly. Sure. So um, during the day, the films I just mentioned, for example, are on Saturday during the day in a very very large venue with a very small capacity, all the health stuff in place. But at night, on Friday night and Saturday night of next weekend, so the 29th and 30th of January, uh, we have a pop-up drive-in theater in downtown Clarksdale. And on Friday night, because we don't anticipate a lot of tourists, obviously given what's going on with the pandemic, uh, we wanted to do something something family-oriented. So our pop-up drive-in on Friday the 29th will feature Finding Nemo. And again, we always try to have a connection to Mississippi or blues, that kind of thing. Uh, the music in Finding Nemo is actually uh, was done by Thomas Newman, whose mother is from Clarksdale. Hmm. Pretty cool. Um, and uh, actually, her nephew is Randy Newman. Like, the whole family does music. It's pretty fascinating. So that's kind of a, a loose tie-in. Um, but the idea is that uh, families can come in a safe environment um, in their cars and enjoy a movie uh, in downtown Clarksdale. And then Saturday night is our blues night. You know, if we have tourists, we figure Saturday is the more likely day. Right. And mm-hmm. we'll have the world premiere of the final cut of... Uh, Blues Trail Revisited, which is Ted Reed's uh, new film. And Ted and a buddy of his from college, basically in 1970, came through Mississippi, including, you know, North Mississippi and the Delta, looking for blues. Mm -hmm. And filmed what they found. Well, 50 years later, Ted came back and basically did some, you know, the same kind of thing, but on a more sophisticated level. And this film tells that story. So Mm. it'll have... uh, historical stuff in it, but also um, one of the times he was here to film was during the Juke Joint Festival, I guess two years ago now, or three years ago, whatever that would be. So there'll be a lot of uh, names and faces that that Blues fans recognize. That is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you also are incorporating some virtual panel discussions and a history walking tour. Tell us about the panel discussions you'll have this year. Sure. So we've got two, 
and the themes could not be more timely, <laughs> fortunately or unfortunately. Um, the first of which is uh, Clarksdale festivals in the age of COVID, mm. uh, because obviously we've had some cancel, we've had some happen, and then we've had some that we've just had to heavily modify and take online. So we'll feature on that panel Red Payton from Red's Lounge and the Red's Old Timers Blues Fest. Uh, I will be on there representing Juke Joint Festival, of course. May Smith from the Sunflower River Blues and Gospel Festival. And then also Jen Waller from the Mississippi Delta Tennessee Williams Festival. You know, Tennessee Williams grew up here as a young man. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be really great. Uh, Clay Motley, who is a big Clarksdale fan and a professor down in Florida, who has brought some of our guys down there before for events. Uh, we'll be moderating, and that will be online. It'll be free. Um, again, folks can go to ClarksdaleFilmFestival.com, and all the details you need are either there or will be there uh, shortly. Um, the other panel discussion will have actually uh, a gentleman who's, gonna, who's on your show today, uh, Kingfish, mm -hmm. as well as Super Chicken and Colleen Byers, who again does live from Clarksdale.org, as well as we're going to have a venue owner, so Bluesbury Cafe's Art Cravaro will be on and of course they have been a combination of live in-person shows and streaming during the pandemic so um, i think both those on saturday the 30th um, virtual online panel discussions i think both those will be fun because you've got some characters on there mm -hmm. uh, but also really educational and i think informative for festival promoters and or music promoters Right, and um, that blues music in the age of COVID, that's going to be interesting mm -hmm. to have Kingfish, especially the younger guys, talking about how they maneuver through yeah. this pandemic. Really, really interesting. Um, to, and actually, we're going to talk to him a little bit today about that as well, yeah. how yeah, he great, uh, great. adapted to um, this virtual performance and yeah. a lot of artists uh we talk to a lot of artists who say it is a little disconnect like we just said about the theater and performing sure. a, a play online and your people are at home and you don't have that personal connection you don't have the claps you don't hear the laughs and things like that yeah. but you have to keep going how challenging have you heard it well have you um discussed from the artist in clarksdale do they enjoy doing the virtual they just like performing, period, or it's a little challenging? It's definitely challenging for many of them because they are used to knowing immediately if what they're doing is what folks want to hear, I guess, <laughs> or, you know, an endorsement of their, of their craft. Um, you know, fortunately, with, like, Facebook live streams, you do get comments in real time. Also, you're getting tips that you'll see later. Uh, so that's helpful. And if someone is there to read off the comments occasionally to the artist, that's helpful. Um, but I know, you know, guys like Sean Bad Apple, um, he hasn't done a whole lot of the streaming only because he really likes people. That's really why he does it. He's a people person. Mm -hmm. And it's weird to be sitting there in a room, you know, with maybe two other people helping you uh, stream it um, versus, a, you know, a crowd that's right there. So it is, it is a challenge. And, in fact, we took it uh, one more step this past Saturday we had the first uh, official, anyway, live blues performance inside Red's, the juke joint, mm. pretty much since we closed back in March. Mm. Um, actually, Kingfish did pop up there one night and do something, oh. um, but it wasn't as official, I suppose. Um, but we got a clear, really clear, actually, if you walk into it by accident, uh, virus screen for the musician. Um, we had air purifiers, big air purifiers. We had uh, automatic hand sanitizer units and required masks and social distancing. Um, so it's interesting because it was a live in-person blues thing with maybe a dozen uh, audience members, but it was still, you know, a little bit of a disconnect for Big T who was performing because, yeah, <laughs> you're behind glass like a museum piece. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? When you think about a juke joint and blues music mm -hmm. and a cafe, mm -hmm. you, you feel, you you see the crowds and the music and the uh, cocktails and mm -hmm. just the atmosphere of excitement. And when you take that away, it does take a little bit of that magic uh, from that concert because that's the magic of the juke joint, the blues juke joint, you know? Yeah. It's true. The whole venue and the people in it become part of the performance. Right. That's really what makes the difference between you know, a juke joint and a performing arts center or whatever right. um, really is that ambiance. And, you know, it, it made me, I'll be honest, I got a little misty eyed right at the beginning of it because I hadn't really been in there and hung out since March 20th. Um, yeah. I hang out with Big Charles behind the bar, even wearing masks. 
you know, and Red was masked up and over watching his TV by the ridiculous wall heater like he usually is. You know, just to have that really brought it back home, but it wasn't the same, not having the, all the local audience in there and, and people shaking hands and things. But, uh, you know, what I keep telling people is none of this is ideal. None of us want to wear a mask. Right. None of us want to social distance. But if we do these things, we can still have music and we can still do business. That's, That's right. That's right. If you're pro-business, if you're pro-music, then these are really minor things to do to be able to keep things rolling, and we'll get back to it when we can. Yeah. Speaking of business, Roger, I think of you know artists who have ascended uh, to a certain level, who have professional outfits and management and booking agencies like Kingfish and like Cedric Burnside and you know and, and a whole host of other ones. But then you, like as you mentioned, you you mentioned Terry Harmonica Bean and. Uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, Super Chicken, I mean, legends, you know, who may for whatever reason not have the same kind of outfits who are helping them maneuver through these waters and get whatever bookings they can and, and string it along. And, you know, tell us your opinion on the difference in, you know, those two type of setups for artists. Yeah, it's uh, it is tough for an independent out there normally. Um, you know, you sort of build your... A roster of contacts and your, you know, kind of quasi-annual itinerary of places you may go or monthly itinerary where you can play. Um, and then suddenly this hits. You know, those two examples, you know, Terry Hamonica Bean, James Super Chicken Johnson, world-class musicians who normally tour the world. Um, you know, they've gone back to day jobs. Now they're taking care of business, which, you know, as an entrepreneur myself, you know, I appreciate that. You know, you got to take care of your business, um, and they're doing their art when they can. Um, but it's a challenge. You know, um, I'd be interested um, when you talk to Kingfish to know how that's gone for him because, you know, his career has gone on a whole other level. Mm-hmm. He is the rock star of the blues. You know, he's uh, right there with uh, playing with Buddy Guy and guys like that. And in some ways, I almost think that would be harder during all this because mm-hmm. you've built up these big audiences, mm-hmm. big festivals, and lots of traveling and touring. Um, and suddenly you can't do that. It's like, well, do you go back to doing really small things? Is that worth it? You know, yeah. I don't know, yeah. um, but I'd be interested. And then you think about like uh, Rick, his manager, you know, how has he fared during all this? Because yeah. I assume that's all he does, you know, or, or represent acts like Kingfish. Um, so it's, it's been tough. And I think some people in the industry managers, et cetera, certainly the venues have been largely forgotten during all this. We think first and foremost of the musicians and artists themselves, um, I'm super excited, though, with the Save Our Stages Act passing uh, along with you know, the last COVID release, relief package a couple weeks ago um, and the potential of how that can help our venues who have sort of been left out of a lot of these things so far as far as uh, COVID relief. Um, so I know we're going to work through Visit Clarksdale Tourism uh, Commission and uh, probably with uh, Life in Clarksdale as well to help facilitate whatever Save Our Stages can do to help our venues here locally. Well, you think about stages. We, we In the beginning of the um, pandemic, when we came back, we were talking about just not venues, but stagehands mm-hmm. and lighting and yep, just yep. promoters yep. from from the top to the bottom, yep. the way a production is put together. And you yep. know this quite well, Roger. Everyone was affected. Yep. <laughs> Everyone. Well, Ticket. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you even think, like, working on the film festival, it's, you know, there's some years where I'm trying to get certain films, because it's curated. Like, we get people who submit films usually, mm-hmm. not so much this year. Uh, but also, I'm out there looking for things like, well, I want to see that. I know our, our fans will want to see this. And sometimes you just can't get it, because they're like, well, we've already said Sundance can have it first. You know, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Um, this year, it was good for us, but also a little bit sad how quickly filmmakers jumped at the chance to be at a small festival in a small town mm. um, just to have a pub know that they can advertise they had a public screening um so it's, mm. it's up everywhere and i know of course the film industry from a hollywood type standpoint pretty much shut down there for a while has now kind of restarted in a way um they've been filming something over in greenwood recently oh, yeah. but it's a whole different uh you know a whole different way of doing things and i i suspect that the impact on a community where a film is being filmed uh, is not as good financially right now because people have to kind of stay in a bubble, you know, right. during the filming. Well, let everyone know uh, where they can go to find more information about the 11th annual Clarksdale Film Festival and if they need to register and things like that. 
absolutely. ClarksdaleFilmFestival.com. ClarksdaleFilmFestival.com. You can buy tickets, see the whole lineup. There's lots of music as well. Well, thank you, Roger. Always a pleasure to have you here on Next Stop Mississippi. We can't wait to talk to you next year and see what the 12th annual Clarksdale um, <laughs> Film and Music Festival will be like. And you guys well, thank have you a so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And have a great weekend and a great festival. Talk to you soon. Stay safe. Well, it's time for us to take another quick break, but don't go far. You don't want to miss what's coming up next. We got the prodigy himself, King Fish, on the line. So stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions. Whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. A prince is cooking in the kitchen, playing solitaire. She been burning them stacks with the monkey on her back since daddy ain't there. She been swinging bags and picking up the slack and it ain't fair. So I could sell my soul to rock and roll. So I could sell my soul to rock and roll. She made a deal with the angels and they'll never let go so i could sell my soul to rock and roll this is next stop mississippi on mpb think radio michelle mcadoo here along with my traveling partner and co-host kamel king of visit mississippi and that song right there is the blues prodigy himself Christo kingfish ingram with rock and roll Love that song. Man, that's a chills of my back. Yes, he dedicated that one to his mom. We're going to talk to him right now. I was going to say it a little bit, but right now, let's bring Kingfish on the show. Welcome, Chris Stone. Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing? (laughs) We're doing fine. Look at you sounding a little two years older. (laughs) That's a grown man right now. (laughs) Hey, yeah, man. Hey, man. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't grow just a little bit. Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you can hear it in the in the music. I can, and, mm-hmm. and I just want to say from myself, of course, here at MPB, all of us, we're so proud of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, proud of what you're doing. Um, I can't wait to see what the future holds more for you. Mm-hmm. So before we get started, oh, thank you so much. Thank oh, you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's first talk about how you're doing uh, throughout this pandemic. And we just, if you were listening, we just had Roger on the phone. You're going to be on a panel discussion on the Clarksdale Film Fest talking about how to uh, maneuver through the age of COVID and blues music. So talk to us a little bit about how you've been adapting to this big platform. And then all of a sudden, things change, things close down and things stop. How did you adapt to that? Well, actually, I just uh, I just been maintaining since we got off the road uh, uh, back in March of last year. Uh, I kind of just, you know, I kind of just start utilizing the tools around me. Uh, me and one of my uh, um, one of my favorite producers to work with, Tom Hambridge, we started uh, we just started the Zoom meetings and just started to uh, uh, start to write songs with each other pretty much uh, um, like the next couple of months. And not only that, I have like a uh, I have like a small uh, um, like a small little studio tracking set up, and and like a lot of people have uh, have asked me to play on their record, so like I um, so that keeps me pretty busy by people sending me stuff uh, to my email and I play on it and stuff like that. So just pretty much uh, um, pretty much working from home, songwriting and playing on other people's stuff, <laughs> pretty much. 
And you say home. Where is home right now? Uh, Frost Point, Mississippi, just a, just a few miles outside of Clarksdale, uh, but it's still in Cahoma County. Wow. Okay. Now, you know, we say it's a pandemic, but you've been pretty, pretty busy. You've actually won five Blues Foundation Music Awards last May, uh, Album of the Year, Best Emerging Artist Album, and Best Contemporary Blues Album for your debut, Kingfish. And you also won Instrumentalist, Guitarist, and Best Contemporary Blues Artist. How does that make you feel when you get all these accolades? <laughs> Uh, uh, God is good. I like to say, uh, no, and not only that, I, I really, I, I, and I try not to sound cliche, but it's something that I really never focused too much on. Like once it happened, I was like, thank God, thank God for the support, and I kind of just moved, and I kind of just moved on with with the with the next thing that I do in my career. But other than that, I, I'm. You know, all I can just say is all God, and I really appreciate everybody who got me to this point because, you know, without that, you know, I would never got there, so for sure. Yeah, I'll tell you. Michelle, I, I, I'd sit back and i think of when I first saw Kingfish on a uh, news outlet, you know, filming about him from his home and then, you know, seeing him do shows and watching how he grew just so exponentially, so fast as a musician and as a songwriter and your voice, you know, but what I was most proud of, and, and I say this all the time, every show, you know, of course, pre-pandemic, he would get off stage after rocking it. I don't care if it was a 30-minute set, hour-and-a-half-long set, and stand out there and talk to every fan that wanted to talk to him until the last one was gone. So I'm interested, how have you kept your grounding and kept that same humbleness about yourself, even as you have, you know, rose, risen up, you know? Well, well um, one of the things that people don't realize about success is that, you know, justice you know, just as easily as you attained it, you know, it can, you know, it can be gone, you know, hmm. you know, you know, pretty much the same way. So I try to, I try to keep that in the back of my mind when all the accolades are coming. Plus, you know, uh, you know, I still, I, I, I still try to keep in contact with the fans, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, through social media, Snapchat and Instagram and, 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 um, and Facebook messenger of some sort and, and respond to people in the comments. Cause you be, uh, you, cause you know, you really can never be above that. Cause without them, it would be no you for sure. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you're right. And let's talk about that song you came in on. That's from your, um, debut album, Kingfish. That song was called rock and roll. Tell us about the inspiration behind that song. And you, I know you wrote it for your mother. Well, um, I want to say, uh, shortly after my mom passed, uh, back in December of last year, uh, well, not last year, uh, uh, 2019, we had a show in Nashville and, uh, my manager introduced me to this, uh, to this young lady by the name of Ashley Ray and, uh, and, uh, as a friend of her, they had a song uh, that they came to us called, um, Rock and Roll. And it was sort of like a tribute to her mom. So we kind of came up with the uh, thing that we kind of took it and we and we switched some stuff around, you know, kind of uh, kind of make it uh, kind of made it more of a godly thing, you know. And um, pretty much, I I recorded the vocals up in Memphis uh, while my friend uh, uh, over in California uh, he kind of redid the music. So we uh, got together uh, and uh, pretty much switched some words, and um, that came out, and it uh, and it definitely came from the heart for sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. How instrumental was your mom in you becoming the person you are today? Oh man, uh my mom my mom was actually uh she was my manager pretty much uh the whole first uh uh um pretty much the whole first half of my career. That was some point in there when she brought in other people to work, but she was kinda like the main um kinda like the main person all up until um uh, two thousand seventeen. But she was uh she was the one she was the one instrumental in getting me that uh uh, giving me that uh, that news, that news uh, a thing uh, that he was just talking about. Uh, 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 she got me like uh, all overseas and, and different TV shows. So she was really instrumental in like like she was like the working force in my career, like mm. definitely the first part. You know, and then like she was my biggest supporter and all of that. She was the yeah, she, she was the boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you've been working on new projects uh, since the pandemic. I heard you say earlier that since the pandemic and you're not doing a lot of live performances, you just honed in on making writing and uh, and making music. Are we looking forward to a new 
project coming out soon? I'm glad you asked that. Uh, this past September, uh, I just recorded my new record. Uh, uh, through the pandemic, uh, in the Zoom sessions, I was able to write at least like 21 songs. So we went to uh, uh, so we went to Nashville and we got all 21 recorded. And pretty much, uh, we kind of picked the ones out of that out of that 21 that we'll uh, that we'll be releasing uh, uh, in this coming June. And I really think uh, I don't really think you guys are gonna like this album because like. Apart from the first one, in the you know in the two years, I've grown so much, you know, uh, just from you know, uh, you know, stuff I'm I'm dealing on the road, and, mm-hmm. and not to mention women troubles and stuff like that. So, <laughs> Say that again, it, brother. Right, <laughs> but women troubles and all that crap and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of stuff that y'all gonna hear about, man. It, as, as, as regarding my life in the last two years. Do I need to come on the road with you and uh, take your mom's place? Because I will now. Um, you tw- you just 20 years old. Let me get my You don't need no chaperone. Look, let me get my um, bags together and come on the road with you because we're not having nah, any that, women that, troubles. That, nah, nah, that might be bad on your part because I like older women. Oh. Hey, talk to a <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth as silk, baby. <laughs> you, look, you're making me blush. That's so funny. That's so sweet. But you know what? I really love watching you grow. Just listening to you now and remembering, Kamel, when we first had you on the show mm-hmm. and how eloquent you're speaking and, and, and you're talking about yeah. your experiences. Speaking of that, how have you seen yourself grow, especially being on the road, meeting the different people you're meeting, and how have those experiences, how have you put that in your music, and how many songs are you going to put on this new album, and did you write all of them yourself, or did you have any outside um, Ooh, there were seven questions in one question. I know, question. it was, was seven questions. Oh, <laughs> you pick, hit that job. Pick one, pick, pick one question and, and answer that one, and we'll go forward. That was funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I was uh, pretty much... Uh, uh, all the all the songs uh, were not were were not um, all the songs, but like most of the songs and concept, I pretty much came up with, and and I got and I got with my uh, I got with my producer Tom Hanks, and we kind of co-wrote uh, pretty much all of them, and from the um, and um, and from the experiences and whatnot. And uh, and to answer answer your first question, um, uh, right? What was it? I don't remember either. No, the experience. <laughs> No, <laughs> when you're on, you just cracking Camilla. The the question was, no, have you? How have you seen yourself grow yeah. on the road, uh, experiencing, like you said, women troubles and just little things that you get on the road on the concerts and things? How have you noticed uh, you're changing and growing? I, I have more patience with with with, uh, with, uh, with certain things. Sometimes you have to understand that everything. It's not gonna go your way on the road, you know. You're gonna miss flights, you know. Uh, uh, some gear is gonna clunk out on you, and you know. Apparently, you know. Uh, you know. You know. You're gonna gonna. Uh, you're gonna cross uh, some people's paths that are, you know, are not are not too pleasant. So yep. I, I found myself, you know, uh, I found myself growing more and just and just dealing with things and just you know, and just accepting them for what it is and just praying for a better day and stuff like that. So just finding having more patience with certain things and dealing with things a little better and stuff like that. That's so awesome because I mean, attitude and gratitude, an attitude of gratitude is what keeps somebody on tour and people wanting to work with you again and rebooking you because exactly. of that experience. Speaking yes, of working yes, with yes, you, like, who who have you not worked with that you would like to work with in the future? Ah, um, I definitely want to do something with Kendrick Lamar. I want I want to do something like with more rappers and everything. Mm. Uh, that was a bass player by the name of uh, uh, that was a bass player by the name of Thundercat mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I just uh, I really I really want to do more as far as like um, uh, putting blues and rap together. It's been done before, but I feel like I can do something cool with that. I want I want to I want to put like blues hooks on rapper songs and stuff nice. like that. Nice. So like uh, uh yeah yeah. So that's what I really want to do in the future. Sure. Well, we nice. just spoke that right Nice. Here. Let me help you on that exactly. right there, uh, Kingfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. We're going to make that. And I know that the next time we talk to you, we're going to be talking about some rap blues collaborations. I can't I'm wait to hear that. I'm about to get on that. the phone with TDE right now uh, to make this happen. Hey, hey, 
Hey, go do your thing. Come on, for sure. I, 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 hey, 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 man. Like, I need it for sure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you mentioned a, a month. Is that the month you're predicting the new album coming out? You said June? Uh, yes, uh, uh, yes, ma'am. June, June. Uh, uh, we got a, we got a lot more stuff to uh, uh, figure about. Uh, I figure out as far as, as far as manufacturing, but uh, June is the pretty much target month for sure. All right, and any title uh, titles that you're throwing around in your head on this one? Yeah, pretty much. That that was the hardest part for this record because like we wanted to have something to stick out, but then uh, but didn't want to have anything that uh, that sound that sound cheaters. Where I can't I can't I can't pretty much tell you what we decided on just yet, but I think you guys might like it. For sure. Okay. All right. Now, again, you talked about the growth uh, from that first album, Kingfish. This one has a little more in-depth and more um, writing from you and more, would you yes, say? Um, life experience. Life experiences. Yeah. Uh, any production that you, uh, different producers you worked with on this album or you stayed with the same producer? Uh, I stayed with the same one as far as time, but uh, uh, Rock and Roll and, uh, and, a, uh, and a couple of other songs that will be released. Was was actually made um, with another producer by the name of Nick Ghostin, and even though I kind of used the same producer on this album, we kind of we uh, we kind of went like a different direction with the songs. Um, like uh, like some songs have like NPC drum beats and drum loops to them, uh, uh, different changes and and, and more and, and more like uh, and, um, and, and more like uh, rock and R and B elements and stuff like that for sure. Oh wow! So definitely same. So 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 pretty much same producer but different approach. All right. I am looking forward to that mm -hmm. in June of 2021. Thank you, Chris Stone, Kingfish Ingram. Kingfish, showing, man. Thank Keep going. Thank you for being here with us, and I can't wait to talk to you. We're going to talk to you later on this year, especially in June when that album releases, okay? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. And you can find everything you need to know about Kingfish at uh, kingfish.com. That's Chris Stone, kingfishingram.com. All right. Well, we've come to the end of another great road trip. Uh, thanks for traveling with us today and thank our guest Roger Stoley director of the Clarksdale Music and Film Festival and of course blues prodigy Christone Kingfish Ingram if you'd like to find out more information about events we featured on today's show visit our events calendar at mpbonline.org Next Stop Mississippi is a production of MPB Think Radio for Kamel King I'm Michelle McAdoo stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women and join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another great trip here on MPB Think Radio. You're like a kitty cat. Now I feel them clothes scratching down.